you have your Bibles, please turn in the Word of God to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Once you've found your place, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. Bible says in verse number one, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such, a, uh, such an one caught up into the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How the, he was caught up into the paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself will I not glory, but mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or he, that heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measures, though the abundance of and the revelations, through the, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this I besought the Lord thrice that it depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We're going to take a few moments today and look at the very simple thought of serving God in the rough. Serving God in the rough. Let's have a word of prayer and then you may be seated. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for Jesus. Lord, you know that if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here today. Lord, I thank you so much for what he did for me on Calvary. Lord, I thank you for him sending himself for me. Lord, I pray that you would help us today as we open up the scriptures. Lord, I pray that you would help me to relay what you've given to me. Lord, I pray that you would help the people here to be able to understand what, what you've given to me and get something out of it today. Thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your salvation in your precious son's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Serving God in the rough. I think about this. How many of you guys have ever gone golfing before? Okay, you guys know how good it feels to hit that and that line drive right off the tee, hit it right in the middle of the fairway. You're set up beautifully, make the green in two on a par four, be able to just drop that in for a birdie. Okay, we know how nice and how easy it is to just drop that in. Okay, now how many of you guys golf like me? You know what it's like to hit that ball off the tee and it goes whoop <laughs> and lands right over in that tall grass. And over there in what they call the rough. Okay, and there's no way you're making the green in two. You might be lucky to make the green in four or five, or in my case, seven, eight, nine. And then finally they go, okay, we're stopping counting. <laughs> when you think about this, it's easier to golf when you golf from the, uh, from the fairway. It's easier to golf when, you, when you're out there, you're set up beautifully 
um, you're not out in the rough. I think about it this way. How many of you have ever had a good day? A day where everything goes right. You woke up early. I'm talking about before your alarms. Like, I mean, you woke up and you rolled over and went, man, I must have overslept. You know, I didn't even hear my alarms go off. Man, I just slept great today. Roll over, look at your alarms and go, they haven't even gone off. Man, this is great. It gives me time for the day. You, you get up and you, and you start going through your morning routine. I don't know about you. I don't normally make breakfast. But on those good days, I get up and I go, hey, I have time. I'm going to make breakfast. You, you make yourself a nice breakfast so you're not swinging through McDonald's. You sit down, you open up your Bible, you read your Bible. Why? Because you got time that morning. You're having a great day. You get to work, realize there's no, uh, no real issues that you're going to face at work. You show up there, everything goes perfectly. I mean, the boss comes by, he goes, Joe, you've done an amazing job. You know what? We're going to promote you. You're, you're having a great day, giving you a pay raise. Okay, your day's going wonderfully. You clock out from work, you're still, you're still feeling great. You get home, and the, and the in my case, I get home, my wife made me up the other day. She cooked up some venison. She cooked up some mashed potatoes and some vegetables. I got home to a plate sitting on the, on the din, dinner table. I went, whoo, <laughs> sat down, things just going great. Now, some of you are out there going, venison? Okay, it was a good day for me, okay? <laughs> we sat there, we had a wonderful evening. Things were great in the house. Close your eyes, go to sleep, move on with the rest of the day. That's a good day, right? Okay, now how many of you guys have had a bad day? Okay, now I'm not talking about the day that you wake up before your alarms. I'm talking about the day you wake up after your alarms. You wake up and you go, look at the phone. I don't know how early some of you guys wake up. I mean, we'll go to the extreme. Okay, we'll say for the teenagers. You wake up and you go, it's 12 o'clock. It's lunchtime. I was supposed to be at work at 8. <laughs> and you start jumping out of bed. Now, if you're like me, you feel immediately behind, right like that. And let's be honest, you're at least four hours behind. <laughs> That's how I look at it. You've jumped out of bed. You're, run- hey, you're running to do your daily routine. I mean, you... Genuinely, at that point, I, I don't think you're thinking about a daily routine. You're thinking, how quickly can I put on clothes and how quickly can I get to work? Okay, you might brush your teeth. You definitely didn't make breakfast. You definitely didn't stop at McDonald's. Now, granted, there are some of us that it's like, okay, if we're going to be late, we might as well stop at McDonald's on the way. <laughs> What's an extra 15 minutes, right? <laughs> okay. You, you get to work, and it just, it's a terrible day. You show up to work, you realize that already six people have called out. And the boss is sitting there going, of course, Peter's another one. You show up, and you go, okay, well, now I've got to get to work. And you realize that the stack of papers that's on your desk, yesterday it was like this. Now it's like this. And it just keeps getting bigger and be- bigger. They keep dropping off more packets as, as you just sit down at your desk. You sit down and you look out over at your answering machine. You've got numerous mixed, missed calls. Things are just going wrong. I know answering machines. Most people don't necessarily have a, a phone sitting there at work anymore that you have missed calls answering. I'm sorry. Okay, mentally, that's how my brain goes. 
you pull out your phone <laughs> and see if you have any missed calls, okay? Then you get home. Things are not going well at the house. You get back to the house and the, uh, the wife has been cleaning or whatever she's been doing at the house and she gets, uh, you get back and you walk in and she lo- looks at you and it's like, I'm so glad you're home. Can you take care of this? And you just turn around and you look. Now, in my case, it's a, it's a puppy dog named Moxie. Okay? And trust me, there are plenty of times I get home and Moxie has done something. <laughs> and you guys know this if you have a puppy dog. Okay? If I get home and Moxie's already in his little box where he goes, if he's done something wrong, I get home and he just looks at me like, I didn't do anything wrong. Okay? You get home, it's, it's a bad day. You, uh, there, there's no way food's getting prepared. Even, uh, even getting home, there are times that I'll even make food and I'll make it for my wife and we'll sit down and we'll eat. And she's back there going, when? <laughs> Usually it's if I'm bringing it home, okay? Because I'm not necessarily color, cutlery or cut, whatever the degree is that you have. Culinary, there it is. Culinarily inclined, okay? My wife's now cringing at my English, Okay? You finally close your eyes, go to bed. It's not even at a decent time. 11.30, 12 o'clock, you're, you're rolling in bed and going, it's just been a bad day. We're going to look at how to serve God on a bad day because you want to know what was different between the two of those? Even though, yes, we woke up before, before our alarm, we woke up with the perfect amount of sleep, we woke up, we were able to go about our daily hygiene routines, if you have one, okay? But we were able to open our Bible. We were able to see what God has for us for the day. Can I tell you that when it starts out like that, even if it's a bad day, can I tell you it's easy to get through? Well, easy. You get through it on a bad day. But it's a whole lot easier than if you're going through it without God. Okay, so what we're going to look at today is how to have how to serve God in the rough. Looking at Second Corinthians chapter number twelve, the Bible says this in verse number seven. It says, "Unless I should be exalted, this is Paul speaking here, above measure through the abundance of the revelations." Okay, Paul was saying, okay, hey, lest I be exalted, lest I be put up, lest I be lifted up. Why? Because of the abundance of the revelations that I, I have. Okay, he's saying, he continues on and says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Okay, what, and what Paul is saying here is he's saying, okay, hey, I had this really good thing happen to me. I got to see, I got to see, I got to hear about these revelations that were going on. And lest I be exalted above measure, there was given to me a, for, a thorn in the flesh. Okay, how many of you guys have ever gotten a thorn in your body before? Okay, they're not pleasant. Okay, and those of you who, who've had one, you, you know. I watched one time my, uh, my grandmother got a thorn in her, in her hand. And I remember my grandfather, um, he, and, not, and not on my dad's side, on my mom's side, um, he, he reaches into his pocket, he pulls out his old Swiss Army knife. Yeah, oh no is right. <laughs> you think about this, how many of you guys have ever carried a knife before? That knife gets used for just about anything and everything under the sun. 
Okay, whether it's to cut your pizza, whether it's to clean your fingernails, whatever you use it for, never share somebody's knife that's been in their pocket. Okay, general rule of thumb. (laughs) But he pulls out his pocket knife and what does he do? Well, let me see. So he digs out the thorn. You know, that hurt. Okay, and I, I'm one of those people I was just talking to Brother Josiah in the back here. Okay, and he was talking, telling me about how he split his head open this past weekend. And, he's, he, and I'm not going to describe it for you guys. Just if you want the story, go talk to him. Okay, but he's talking to me about it. I'm one of those people that if he's telling me about it, I'm going, no, that really hurts. And you think about these thorn, uh, thorn in the flesh that was happening here to Paul. The Bible says that it, it, it was the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Okay? Paul here takes the time to tell us that he was given this thorn. Paul, uh, Paul knew that the thorn came because it, it, it was a way of the Lord letting this come for it to keep him humble. Because you think about this, how many of you guys have seen a young child who looks at their friend group and they know something that the, the friend group doesn't know? I think about it, and we've got a group of young, young men, I'll call young men, young boys, who run around. I think about Titus, Levi, Lincoln. Um, I'm trying to think of all the others now. It's okay. I'm sorry that I forgot your children's names. <laughs> okay? But they start running around. I think about if, if Levi, because I've, I've seen him before, and I, I know. I'm like, Levi and I are kindred spirits. Okay? And Levi will go, I know something you don't know. And then everybody, well, what is it? I'm not telling. And then everybody will start to get distracted. And what will you do? I know something you don't know. Well, what is it? Not telling. Okay. You know what that, uh, that, that happens? And I say he's a kindred spirit because I'm that way too. Okay. I know something you don't know. <laughs> okay. My, and my wife, I texted her this week. And I said, hey, I got you a surprise. Well, what is it? Not telling. Cause it's a surprise, right? I just, I'm one of those people that likes to just tell people I got them something. Be like, Hey, I got you something. What is it? I'm not telling you. <laughs> Paul here wanted to make sure that we knew this. Why? Because it was keeping him humble. Okay. So number one, what I want us to realize serving God in the rough, how to serve God in the rough is to remember who we're serving. Paul had this thorn in the flesh come into his life because he, it was to keep him humble. You know, you know what happens when we get prideful? We get prideful and we start to forget who we're serving. We get prideful. I think about this. I've worked, over at, I've worked in customer service for a few years now. If I were to start, I, I worked down at a hotel downtown and worked there every now and then. Okay, If I were to start looking at those people and going, okay, hey, you know, I'm really good at my job. And you should appreciate me for doing my job. You realize how many good reviews we were going to get? None. Same way, okay, if we go out door knocking. Brother George, if I were to knock on the door yesterday and go, you have got to meet me. (laughs) Like, I'm just telling you, my name's Peter. I know, I know. Hold the applause. That's a lot of pride, isn't it? (laughs) Rather, what we were doing yesterday, knocking on that door, who were we trying to introduce them to? Jesus. Jesus. You know why? Because we remembered why we were out there. Can I tell you, I have Brother Tom in the back. 
Brother Tom, can you turn off these middle lights? So I was trying to think about how to illustrate this today. And genuinely, it didn't come to me until I was sitting up there and I texted Brother Tom. I know, I'm sorry. I texted on, on the platform during song service. I apologize. Teenagers don't copy Brother Peter. Okay? I was trying to figure out how to illustrate this. Because you realize when I'm over here, I'm in the light, I'm, in a, I'm having a great day. You know how good it is to serve God on a good day? I mean, I'm up here, I'm preaching, I'm singing. We're good to go. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. But you know what happens is when I start going through the walk of life and I get to this point, I'm in the middle of a dark day. How many of you guys like rainy days? I hate rainy days. I hate rainy, I'm sorry guys. I hate rainy days. I've told people I will shovel snow so much more than I will sit through a rainy day. I know you guys now think I'm crazy. Okay, it's true, I am. Okay, but you think about this, serving God in the rough. Remembering who we're serving. Do you realize it's a whole lot easier for me to serve God here when I know who I'm serving? It's a whole lot easier, okay? I'll, I'll put it this way. How many of you guys, uh, don't raise your hands, okay? You like the job where you work. I'll raise my hand, okay? I really enjoy where I work. If case any of you guys wonder, I work here at Granite State Baptist Church, okay? I love being here, okay? It's a... It, I love it. Okay, but you enjoy where you work. Okay, you know how you know, enjoy where you work? Because on these days, you enjoy where you work. And on these days, you go, hey, I remember that. We'll get through this. Because eventually we'll get to these days. And we'll get through it. Now, I'm not going to ask all you guys to turn around, okay? I understand you guys can't see me. It feels weird. Now, now I'm hearing myself. Okay, but then as you, as you go through life, you're going to have these times where you're walking through the dark times. Can I tell you, it's easier to walk through the dark times knowing that, that God's walking with us, knowing that God's going to be there through. When you think about this, who did, who did Paul look to to talk about this thorn? It says he besought the Lord thrice. He didn't go, hey, Nate, can you take this thorn out of my flesh? No. Why? Because I don't want him pulling his pocket knife out of, out of his pocket and digging into my flesh to try to take it out. He besought the Lord. Can I tell you, if we remember who we're serving, we can get through a lot of things. I think about it this way. I know he's not an avid football fan, but Brother Jordan back here will say he's a fan of the Cleveland Browns. Okay? There's not a lot to be a fan of the Cleveland Browns. Okay, I'm sorry, Brother Jordan. Okay? But when you think about this, he's been a, he's been a fan of, of the Cleveland Browns through thin and thin. <laughs> Some of you guys are going, what does that mean? It's okay. <laughs> Why? Because he's loyal to them. Can I tell you, if we were only a fan of the New England Patriots when Tom Brady was on the Patriots, man, we would have quit being a fan four years ago because I really feel like he checked out before he left. Okay, but if you, uh, you say, okay, well, no, I'm a New England Patriots fan here, and I'm a New England Patriots fan here. Well, then why do we quit on God when we get to here? We say, oh, I hit a rough spot. You know, why did God do this to me? I think about Brother Dana and Pastor and Brother Charlie and Brother Brendan. They all go hiking. There's times that you guys have to hit multiple 
peaks in one, in one hike, right? And there are times that you have to walk down a little bit before you walk right back up to another peak. They don't just make this like plank system that walks peak <laughs> to peak, right? It'd be nice if they did a little bit. Well, I don't really like heights that much. I wouldn't want to walk across planks in between two mountains. But you think about this. There are going to be those times in the Christian life where we're going through a tough time. Can I tell you, I'm not human. I'll be honest with you. And Wait, I just realized what I said. I am human. Okay. Surprise. <laughs> Sunday morning, here's what, <laughs> breaking news. Brother Peter's not human. That's what my wife thinks. No. Okay. I am human. Okay, we just came through three days of revival meeting. Okay, what do you guys expect Wednesday to be? Wednesday, hey, we're right at a revival meeting. We've heard seven messages, including Sunday. We're going right out. We're, we're, we're firing on all cylinders. Do you, do you realize, and I'll just be transparent with you guys, Wednesday was a tough day for me. Wednesday was a tough day. We got done revival meeting, and I sat there and went, that's it? God worked in a mighty way throughout the course of revival meeting. You know what Wednesday was for me? Wednesday was this. Wednesday was right here. Then Thursday, you know what happened on Thursday? Same thing. I remember my, and my wife looked at me, she, and she's like, something's wrong. One, she said, you're not talking. And if, if I'm not talking, you know something's wrong. Okay, if you don't know me yet, okay, I just yabba, 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 yabba. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm worse than, I'm not even going to give an example because I'm going to get in trouble. Okay? When you think about this, Friday came, and I, I simply texted my wife on Friday. She asked me, she's like, how are you doing? I, I texted her back. I said, I'm doing good. God's helping. Okay, why? Because I had to, thir- Wednesday and Thursday I was here, but then I got to Friday and I was about here. I was right on the line. And I'm going, yeah, I still got all that going on. But then Saturday came, and honestly, Saturday was a long day. Yesterday was a long day. I'll be transparent with you. But can I tell you, it was a good day. Mm-hmm. You know why? Well, I got, I got to get up and I got to drive to Boston and take my parents to Boston. I didn't have to deal with traffic. Okay, and I got back, and I got to the church here at 5 o'clock. I opened it up, and we started to have men showing up for the men's prayer breakfast at 6 o'clock to start preparing for the food. Okay, and prayer breakfast, oh, it went great. And I was able to come out, and come out over here, and I'm going, hey, this is, this is a pretty good day. Then uh, I probably should tell you guys, too, you know what happened between 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock? I was sitting here going, okay, well, I'm not going to go back to sleep. Because if I go back to sleep, I'm going to sleep through prayer breakfast. You know what I did between 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock? I came up here and I I went into my office and I said, you know, I've got an hour. Open my Bible. I'm just going to sit here with my Bible. I'm just going to read. I'm going to go over what we're talking about today. And you know know how God just smacks you between. He goes, yes, serving God through a bad day. You just had two of them. What would you do? (laughs) I sat there and went, woe is me. I'm having a rough day. I wasn't remembering who I was serving. Brother Tom, you can turn that back on. I'm not going to keep walking back and forth. I know some of you guys are like, ah, my eyes. I'm sorry. 
I apologize. I probably should have dimmed them and then you think about these things after the song service. I, I apologize. When the rough days come, I know that it's harder to remember we're doing things for the Lord. Psalm chapter number nine, verse number 11 and 12 says, sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion, declare among his people, his doings. When, and when he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them and he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Proverbs twenty nine twenty three says a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Matthew 18 verse 4 says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 23 12 says, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he, he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. James 4 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. You say, Brother Peter, why why you read all those verses now? Because this is what Paul did. Paul looked and he said, okay, hey, this thorn in the flesh was sent to me. Why? Because I needed to make sure that I wasn't being exalted. I needed to make sure that I was being humble. Why? Because I needed to remember who I was serving. Can I tell you, it would have been really easy for me to come out on Wednesday, just being honest and transparent with you guys. The pride that is inside Brother Peter, it'd be very easy for me to come out on Wednesday and go, man, we had a great meeting. We ran that perfectly, not even thinking about all the help that we had here at the church. Can I tell you, we couldn't have done that meeting without the help that we had here at Granite State. But to go, man, I did a great job. No. Genuinely looking back, I'm going, man, I'm glad I had those down days. Why? Because of the God that I'm serving. He said, hey, careful. I needed to remember who I was serving. Okay, so not only do we remember who we're serving and that helps us serve God in the bad days, but also, number two, we need to learn to rejoice in the situations. Now, I've already told you how my Wednesday and Thursday went. I'll be transparent with you. There wasn't a lot of rejoicing in the situation. How many of you guys, when you blow a tire, you just go, praise the Lord. I'm so glad that I blew a tire. I get to sit on the side of the road and change it in the rain. None of us do. Okay. Just being, if you do honestly, praise the Lord. Teach me to be spiritual like you. Okay. I want to learn. Paul here, he makes the statement in verse number nine. He says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. He, he, he made the statement of glorying in his infirmities. Okay, I am the first one. And we, we just talked about this before service, Brother Josiah. I am the first one that, and my wife knows that if I hit my, in my hand with a hammer and she comes over, are you okay? I'm going, yep. (laughs) And she goes, (laughs) there are some, some of you have been around in my more spiritual times where I hit my thumb with a hammer. I go, praise the Lord. (laughs) Well, Glory. I think about our missionary, Ricky Hildebrand. He'll, he'll have something happen to him and he'll go, here comes Jesus with his grace again. 
And that's what he'll do it. You think about this rejoicing in the infirmities. I know she doesn't make mention of it much, and she'll probably talk to me after service and say, don't, don't mention about me in the, in the middle of a sermon. But I think about my wife. Okay, those of you who know about my wife know that my wife struggles with a lot of, a lot of health issues. Okay? In, in her life, she, when she comes to church, she's still coming in pain. Can I tell you that when, when, I, when I watch her playing the piano, she doesn't make it look like it, but she's in pain. Now you say, well, why are you telling this? Are you trying to make us feel bad? No. Okay, I'm just trying to say, hey, this is what goes on. Can I tell you what people will often say about my wife? They'll say, she doesn't show it. You can't tell. Now, I know because I'm her husband, okay? I expect to know things that you guys don't know about my wife, okay? Right? But you think about this, she would never say that. That's why I'm saying it. That when I, see, and when I talk about rejoicing in the infirmities, do you realize the one person that I look at more than anybody is, is my wife? That's the biggest example I have. That I'm sitting here going, man, you know, my stomach kind of hurts. I go, yeah, but my wife, and my wife's getting ready for church and she's able to make it. My stomach really, I can do it. I can rejoice. I can, I can serve the Lord through this. Now, I'm not saying, okay, if you're, if you're sick, like you have something that you can spread, stay home. Okay, be smart about it. We learned about this like three years ago, okay? <laughs> but rejoicing in the infirmities of saying, hey, I'm going through this, but I'm still gonna rejoice the Lord who, who's there. But then not only thinking about, I'll give you the example before I move on. A good illustration of rejoicing in the infirmities. How many of you guys have ever heard of Patch the Pirate? Brother Jordan shaking his head. He's like, I don't even know what Patch Club is downstairs. <laughs> in case you're wondering, Patch Club is on Thursday nights. They run it. Children come. They have an awesome time. Okay. Ron Hamilton wrote the song Rejoice in the Lord. The third verse makes, uh, makes the statement. It says, now I can see testing comes from above. God strengthens his children and purges in love. You think about Ron Hamilton. Ron Hamilton lost his eye early on in his life. Then he started getting into the patch of pirate, wearing the, the patch and, ser- and serving the Lord, writing these songs. I, I heard a statistic. I haven't researched it, so you can fact check me later. Um, but Ron Hamilton, uh, it's uh, said that Ron Hamilton wrote like 997 songs in his lifetime. And you think about how he served God through what was given to him. Serving God through those infirmities. I'm sure there were bad days. I'm sure. But he served God through them. And I think about that, that verse of that song where it says, now I can see testing comes from above. God strengthens his children and purges in love. When he gets to that middle day when it's dark in, in there, he's not looking and going, man, it sure is dark in here. He's going... All right, we'll get through this. God strengthens his children and he purges in love. Okay, so rejoicing in this situation. I think about Psalm 57 where David says, my heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. You realize that when he, when he wrote that, he was on the run from Saul. 
He was in the cave as Saul was hunting to kill him. And what's, what's he saying? I was singing, give praise. Rejoicing in the situation. But then number three, and lastly, we have to resolve to finish. We have to resolve to finish. In tough situations, it's difficult to finish strong. I think about it, Brother Tom. Can you shut that light off one more time? I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth. I apologize. It's tough when you get to this situation to not just quit. To go, what's it worth? The teenagers listen better to those three speakers on Tuesday. They don't want to hear me speak on, on Sunday morning. Now the teenagers listen great. I love our teenagers. They, they are some of the best teenagers I've ever worked with. Okay? But it's hard for me to say, okay, hey, well, I'm going to continue through. I'm going to resolve to finish. Paul, uh, Paul made the statement over in Acts chapter number 24 about how it was his desire that he finish his course. With what? With joy. Okay, how many of you guys looked at the uh, Boston Marathon that was being run um, in the past couple weeks? Okay, you know what happened when they got to the end of it? They were smiling. And let's be honest, if I was running that long, I'd be smiling at the end of it too because I'm done. <laughs> but resolving to finish and not just finish, but finish with joy. Because I can tell you, there's been some things that I finished that I finished them without joy. I think about, I've got a good friend of mine here, Mark. Mark, you've seen me bowl sometimes and I don't bowl very good. And I'll finish those three games. And you know what? My joy will be that it's finally done. And I don't have to throw another single bowling ball. Why? Because it was a terrible three games of bowling. Okay, and I'm done. But can I tell you in our Christian walk with life, we ought to desire to finish with joy. Why? Because of who we're serving. Why? Because we're rejoicing through the infirmities. Why? Because eventually we're ending our course. Finish strong. Now you, you say, Brother Peter, how can I finish strong if I haven't even started? Brother Tom, you can turn that back on. It's not turning back off again, I promise. You say, how can I finish strong if I haven't even started? Can I tell you, Jesus is standing there ready to start your, your Christian walk, Christian race, whatever you want to call it. He's standing there at the starting line ready to go with you. The, the Bible says over in Romans 5, 8, it's one of my favorite Bible verses. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I think about the songs that were sung right before I even walked up here. Brother George, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. Can I tell you, as much as my wife loves me and cares for me, she's not Jesus. Jesus' love, his caring for me, oh. <sighs> only time could tell. But can I tell you that he loved me and loved me Enough, And if you got to know me, you wouldn't even love me enough. Just being honest with you. But God loved me enough that he sent his only begotten son to die for me. 
Why? Because he wanted to run this race with me. He wanted me to be able to finish. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible also says that Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Okay, can I tell you there are things I'll do with my friends that, uh, that I wouldn't just do with anybody? I think about it. Brother Jordan and I move some pretty heavy furniture. You know why I move it with Brother Jordan? Because he's my friend. Anybody else, I'd probably go, eh, I don't necessarily want to pick that up. Brother Andrew knows what I'm talking about. Brother Andrew's my friend. Okay, I, I'm realizing. Okay. <laughs> But we also just eh, we also just moved a lot of heavy things. <laughs> and you think about this, there are things that God looked at me and he said, Hey, that's my friend, and I'm gonna die for him. Before I even knew him. That blows my mind. Cause you think about this, if Brother Andrew didn't know me whatsoever, and he calls me and says, Hey, can you help me move? I don't know you. Why should I come help you move? Well, I've got Domino's pizza. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> but you think about God Almighty looked at you and me and he said, hey, I love you enough that I'm going to die for you. And you know, the Bible says over in Romans chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse number 9 and 10, says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All God's saying is saying, hey, here's this gift. We're going to talk about it in the afternoon service over in the book of Hosea. We were talking about it this morning in Sunday school. Where the Bible says, I desired mercy. Okay, it's God looking at the nation of Israel and saying, hey, I desired mercy. He wanted to show mercy. He was standing there looking at the nation of Israel and saying, hey, here's mercy, just take it. Just come back and take it. Do you realize that God looks at each and every one of us and goes, hey, here's this gift of salvation. Here's this hope for all of eternity. Here's the, the comforter of all comforters. Just take it. And that offer is given to each and every one of us.